Welcome to the PR Resolution Podcast. I'm your host, Stella Bales. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing experts in emerging areas of PR. We'll be taking those hot topics in public relations, dispelling any myths, breaking down the jargon, so you are completely clued up and ready to speak to your stakeholders by the time you reach the office. If you have any questions around the episode, please feel free to tweet me at Stella Bales. Content is becoming more and more important in public relations, but how to promote our content can be a challenge. New techniques from other areas of marketing have always been tried and tested, and one approach that is being talked about a lot right now is inbound. Putting content first, inbound has really helped many software and online businesses grow, but can it work in all areas in PR? It's being talked about a lot, but there's a lot of confusion about what exactly it means. In this episode, I'm speaking to Ileana Sariva, who's just published the book, Inbound. It looks at how the approach can be used in public relations, how to get started, how it can work for different verticals, and how to measure success. Ileana was born and raised in Bulgaria and worked on traditional public relations campaigns in agencies throughout Europe. But she went from there to now being the global partner manager at HubSpot, which is a huge software business. So we talk about her journey through that transition and how she used inbound as an approach for all of her clients. This is the PR Resolution Podcast. I'm your host, Stella Bales, helping you put all of those PR myths to bed. So Ileana, you're part of the HubSpot team, which is marketing software, but you actually started in public relations. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So I discovered a passion for PR while at university. I studied international business. I had a module in marketing where we obviously touched on the different disciplines. And that was the time when social media was starting to really pick up for businesses. And I got interested in that in general. How do we use social media to communicate? Obviously, a lot of people were making the case that social media should be owned by PR. I got to know Brian Solis, who was doing a lot of work on that, reading his books, etc. Did a lot of internships where I was a student and then spent about three years working at PR agencies across Germany and the UK before I joined HubSpot and mastered inbound marketing. You've come to our attention recently. I mean, I've seen you um, do a lot of amazing talks in the past few years. But you've really come to the attention to a lot of people I know in the PR industry recently because of your recent book release, Inbound. Mm -hmm. I know a little bit about Inbound because we've had a similar journey of going from public relations into software and Inbound is so important in software. But for some of our listeners who are completely new to this, could you give a summary of what Inbound really means? So we at HubSpot back in the day, that was around 12, 13 years ago, we invented the so-called Inbound marketing methodology and then created a software to really serve that entire journey. And really the premise with Inbound is that people nowadays are very different in terms of how they make decisions to either buy or work with someone uh, in whatever type of capacity And what happens is that people no longer like to get information pushed out at them. So that's sort of like the direct outbound approach where you used to get direct mail or you used to have to talk to a salesperson to get educated on products to help you make a decision. Nowadays, everything is inbound. Everything comes to you. So the role of businesses really is to pull you into their products, services, etc. with remarkable content. The key for inbound is that concept of pull versus push, where content, remarkable content lies in the center of it, because what you're trying to do is using your own channels in your blog, your social media channels, et cetera, to attract people to your business. That makes sense. And it feels like the PR, that's starting to merge much more now in the recent years, isn't it? Whereas it used to be 
I know that when I started in PR a long time ago, it was all about sort of proactively pushing rather than any kind of content creation. But there's much more of a merge of those marketing areas now. 100%. And I think that's also one of the realizations that I made was shortly after I joined HubSpot. As I said, I worked in PR for a few years and I did a lot of that traditional pitching type of work where I was obviously working with um, journalists and generally media people and also bloggers as well. But what I've discovered then when I joined HubSpot too is that PR people generally don't rely on other areas of work where they can leverage that type of content to attract different stakeholders. Those could be buyers that firmly believe that PR has a role to play with regards to sales and showing ROI in that capacity because PR people are the best content creators. So they're best suited to create those blog posts and generate those stories that then can be used in videos on social media, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the same time, PR can use a different approach to working with media people where PR creates that content specifically for them, brings them into a so-called newsroom that I have defined in my book where they can find information on their own time when they're interested, when they're going through their own decision-making journey rather than having to spam their inboxes with pitches that may not be relevant for them, their readers, or for the timeline. What tends to happen, and that's a lot of reports that are showing it, is that journalists get thousands and thousands of email, email pitches per day, even depends on the market. But for the US, uh, certainly there's a research that was done a while ago that showed that a journalist receives 1,600 press releases a day. So guess how many of them they ignore, right? So that is, again, that outbound approach where you're pushing information at them, information that you think is relevant and is probably more relevant for you uh, or the client that you represent rather than for the actual journalist. Do you think there's an element of outbound at, at all involved in a, an inbound approach? Or, or is it, do you believe that it's really about the quality of the content and they will come, if you like? So I think it's twofold. I definitely think that the quality of content is quite relevant, but you do also want to make sure that this content reaches the right audience. And you can, in this sense, use different channels, right? Like sometimes email might be the right channel, but... I think what's more important here is to really sit down and take a very strategic approach and do proper research. So I have this concept of stakeholder personas in my book um, about NOPR and the concept of the decision-making journey. What we say there is that before you even think about any stories or any topics or whatsoever, or any type of campaigns, regardless whether that's pitching or on social media, you need to define your stakeholder persona very, very clearly. So in this instance, if it is um, someone who works in the media, a journalist, a blogger, what you really want to do there is you want to create a profile of those ideal media people you want to work with for your business or for your campaign or for your clients. You want to know what are the stuff that they're interested in? What are the stuff that their readers are interested in? What does a day in their life look like? How do they prefer to be contacted? I personally would rather have someone reach out to me on Twitter with a story pitch uh, with just a couple of sentences so that I can evaluate it and tell them, yes, send me more information at this email address. Everything else that comes in my inbox, I pretty much ignore it. I just don't have the time for that. You want to know that. You want to know what types of stories they're looking for. Is it facts? Is it data? Is it interviews with executives, etc.? You want to know what the research process is to gather all those ideas. I think what we tend to ignore is the fact that just as a normal buyer or consumer, journalists themselves as well, 
do research online. So if they have a story, they go on Google, they dig there as well. They research, they look at company websites. So you're trying to become part of their research process through the content that you create and then obviously use, you know, SEO tactics, social media tactics, et cetera, to spread out and make sure that it reaches them. Mm. So if, you know, depending on a company, depending on how well you know those media people, I think that you need to do that research first. And then if you're very, you can create a very personalized pitch based on how they want to be contacted, based on the information that they want to receive, that's then going to be far more effective than just mass emailing your database of 500 potential media people there. So it really is content-led, is that right? Correct. It is very much content-led based on the needs of your persona, yes. Yeah. Because essentially you're trying to answer their questions before they've even asked them with the content that you create. Do you think this kind of approach can work for all industries and verticals for PR? I think in some sense it can. Um, it, of course, it depends on the industry. One of the things that I explain a lot in the book about email PR is that you have to start with your goals, with the bigger why question. Why in the first place do you want PR involved? What do you expect to get out of it? Uh, what are the overarching objectives that you're trying to achieve? What's the ROI expectations? How much do you intend to invest in that? And once you have that in mind, and that has to happen for any industry, really, anyone who wants to be involved with PR, then you can identify, all right, for us to hit those goals, these are the stakeholder personas that we need to hit. These are the tactics that we're going to have to use. And then you you will figure out, all right, out of all of the PESO model channels that we have, we're going to invest most of it in earned media because that's the return that we expect. Or we're going to invest it in owned media, our own channels, because that's the return that we expect. Do you find that based on the industry or vertical that there is a particular way of taking this approach or do you think it's totally down to the objective it's totally down to the objectives in my opinion do you think there's a perfect type of for owned content content isn't new to pr even if the most traditional sense public relations people have been writing press releases mm. or, or writing opinion pieces and blogs etc but we're starting to see as I mentioned before, a lot more of a merge between the marketing areas. And with that comes new styles of content and new skills needed in public relations. For something like for inbound, an inbound approach to work, do you think a particular type of content works better than others? So recently what we've seen here at HubSpot is we do a lot of research, is that generally people are a lot more interested in videos, but that doesn't mean they don't need to be formatted with a specific style and storyline, etc. really sort of the stuff that PR people do, or even if you think about it, people who actually work in a film industry. So I've experimented, and I saw that online somewhere, with um, instead of sending an email pitch with either a touch document or a press release in it, you could use a quick loom or video art video, and that performs a lot better. So that's certainly a content type that has been working really, really well um, for us and for a lot of other businesses out there recently. Of course, the long-form content on the blog, the pillar pages are important because Google is going to evaluate you based on the text there and they want to see the experts there. So you're going to have to rely on high quality content still. And something like that isn't always um, solely in the public relations remit is it so I guess with this kind of approach it's really 
important to integrate with other people who are responsible for some of these areas of website and, and for content. Yes, certainly. And I think that's one of the challenges for PR because PR people, especially in agencies, they often don't have control or access um, to the website unless they are, so to say, commissioned to do all the blogging, right? And if they are allowed to actually manage it. So definitely a collaboration is needed. And again, that depends on the campaign goals, et cetera, too. But that doesn't mean that PR cannot do the chunk of the work if if they win the, the pitch for that. So I guess that moves on to... Measurement can be quite interesting here. You've talked about using the PESO model and and talked about owned content, even looking at long-form blog content and Google picking that up. I mean, this is probably a big question, but how do you measure the success of inbound? Yeah, (laughs) it is a big question. But again, and that's why I love the inbound methodology so much. And that's why when I developed the inbound PR concept, you really came out of two key learnings I know, and I think we all know and agree that PR people are the best content creators out there. Inbound doesn't function without content. But on the other hand, PR people are pretty bad at measurement. I think that's been the debate for decades, probably since the very existence of PR. How do we measure PR? How do we show the ROI of PR? I'm sure you agree with that. Now, everything in inbound marketing is about measurement. Because again, you start with your overarching goals there. In inbound marketing, the methodology itself that we use, and I've repurposed that for the inbound PR methodology, it has four stages. Attract, convert, close, and delight. Okay. Those four stages, essentially, when we talk about um, attract, this is all about the top of the funnel. So this is where your awareness and brand building and reputation comes into play, right? You're creating thought leadership content to bring people towards you. So you can clearly measure those tactics. But again, those these are tactics. Then these tactics then allow you to move into the convert stage. The convert stage is all about creating content that's of even more value. For example, as this podcast where people are going to have to fill out a form or, or not, depends really, or a webinar or an ebook or a report. So people fill out a form, you get their email address there. You can continue nurturing them and engage with them throughout their journey. Because your goal there is then to close them. This is the next stage that we have in the methodology. And this is really the key part when it comes to it. Because at the close stage, this is where you know how successful you've been. Because this represents like a funnel. So you have a top of the funnel, which has obviously, which is a lot bigger and then gets smaller and smaller as you move towards it. But the bottom of the funnel or that close stage is really where you can say, all right, because of all those tactics, we actually generated that amount of leads that ended up closing as customers, for example, or as journalists who ended up actually publishing stories about us. So you can compare the top and then the bottom, and you can see at the bottom how much of that relates to your overall objectives that you set up in the beginning. Yeah, so it could be a whole uh, variety of metrics that could come into that, couldn't it? Correct. Yes. So that's why I think it's very, it's key, obviously, to start with the overall big vision of like, why are we doing this thing in the first place? Then let's define the tactics. And for each of those tactics, let's have specific metrics to ensure that we're actually going to hit the bigger goals that we've set up in the beginning. Do you think an inbound approach is, from a PR professional perspective, so I say I'm a PR and I want to, after listening to this podcast, I want to get started with this. 
Do you think this kind of approach is easier to or more difficult to, if I was working with startup businesses and I was working directly with a CEO or in comparison to a big sort of multinational where I'm also working with other agencies and other teams on the marketing? Which one do you think is the sort of the easiest to start applying this kind of approach? I would probably say with the startup ones, just because they're open to testing and trialing new things, whereas when, when it comes to big corporates, it's very hard because email PR is, you know, a change. Change management in big corporates is tough to do. Also because in my experience, I used to work with some of the largest FMCG brands in the world. We were their commissioned PR agency just for media and blogger relations and the creation of the social calendars. That was all that they that we were supposed to do for them, even though we could have done a lot more, but they've had their other legacy agencies that they had been working with for years and years. So it's really hard to actually convince them that you can do the whole thing there. So my recommendation here always is to start small and build up and build up and build up. The book has, specifically for a peer agency, has a lot of chapters on actually packaging or creating services, email PR services, how you can price and package them, how you can sell them and deliver them them to clients so that you expand that expertise. But again, I, I do think that the startup scene is just more open to new things and experimenting and trying out. I'm sure that's a pretty exciting update that you just said there, that you're sharing how to package and up this kind of approach and price it. It feels like with the merge of some of the marketing areas in the in recent years, PR budgets come into danger. Some budgets are decreasing and we're losing out to other areas of marketing. But this actually presents a really exciting opportunity that budgets actually could increase. We could tap into some new budgets, right? 100%. And the reason why I have knowledge in this area is my job, my previous job actually at HubSpot. Right now I manage the partner program, but before that, I was a senior consultant, a principal consultant. So in that role, what I was doing is I was working with, I think the, during the two, two and a half years I was in that role, I worked with about 200 partner agencies at HubSpot to help them grow their business exactly by adding inbound services into their portfolio, pricing and packaging them, selling them and delivering them successfully to drive client success. And that's part of the, we have a partner program at HubSpot where we bring on board marketing, content, PR, digital, et cetera, agencies. They become our partners. They create new services and they wrap them around our marketing software and then they resell that to clients. So I've had a lot of experience in that area and the book itself provides the very, it even has a full list of the type of services you could be providing and it gives you guidance on how am I going to develop the capabilities and the skills that my team needs so that we can actually deliver these new services successfully. Perfect. I think that sometimes comes with some of the fear around these new areas. Obviously, it's exciting that there's an opportunity for us to tap into new budgets. But, you know, very quickly along comes the, oh, I also need to find some time to go and develop skills, not just myself, but my team as well. And as we know, if we are... It's such a busy job and it's always hard to go and develop those skills. But it sounds like with some of the areas that you've outlined in the book, people will be able to say, okay, we're really good at this area, so we'll start here. Maybe not so much here, but that's something we can move to into in the future. So it sounds like here's a very helpful book. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. But yeah, that's that's exactly right. That was the the aim for the book really was to transform a more traditional PR agency into an inbound PR agency. Uh, so the book goes through, you know, in the beginning, theory around PR and measurement, how inbound PR came about. What is inbound PR all about? How can you implement a campaign with inbound PR? And then everything around 
all right, I understand all of this. How am I going to go ahead and actually do it in my own PR agency or in the agency that I work in? And the book itself also talks a lot about, and I do firmly believe in it, that before you can sell and deliver a new type of service, you should consider yourself as your own best client. So really preaching what you teach. Because typically when you add a new service, the client's going to, or the potential client's going to come at you and say, well, show me some case studies. And if it's something you've never done before, you're not going to have a case study. So the only case study you could use is yourself. And that's another one, another of the biggest challenges that I've seen with the hundreds of agencies that I work with. There's always an excuse to say, we don't have time for our own PR and marketing as an agency. Other than your book, where do you think people can sort of start to just find out more about this? Is there, let's say that I do work with other areas of marketing, whether I'm in-house or in an agency and working with other agencies who might already be looking at some of these areas, should I start speaking to, to those teams more? Or is this something that I should just start off by myself? I would probably say read a few resources in there um, initially. So I, I write a lot about inbound PR in general on my blog. So everything is is there to be found. There are a few videos as well that could be watched. And then again, I think probably the biggest question is, what are we trying to achieve here? And am I going to need to collaborate with those other teams? Okay, if I do, let let me start having those conversations with them. Let me figure out who are the stakeholders that I need to get buy-in from so that we can actually implement this. Again, you, you need to know what your goals are and why are you doing all of this. You need to have an understanding of what inbound PR in general is and who are those other teams that you should be working with, if at all, before you, you go ahead and start having conversations. And do you think that's something that we should communicate? How do you communicate the beginning of a different approach from traditional PR to something like inbound to a client? I think that reverts back to the goals that the client has, right? Because... Clients usually see PR or any other area um, as an investment or as a cost center. So you almost need to prove that you can bring a return to that. So if the client has some very aggressive goals, you, you, you should always be reverting to them. And sometimes, you know, with the activities that you've planned for them, you may be hitting them. Sometimes you may not be hitting them. And you need to understand what are those reasons for not hitting them. That's one area uh, and that that could be an opportunity to add inbound into it so that you're able to bring the value that the client is expecting or commissioned you to do. The other area could be if you see a client that's really, really ambitious and really want to grow very, very fast and you see that they could have potential uh, and budget for more, then maybe the conversation you should be having is in terms of not just how do we set the goals that we hit, but uh, that we um, identified in the beginning, but how do we go above and beyond and make you even more successful in the next three, six, 12 months? I think that sounds like the kind of conversation that they would really want to hear. It's definitely refreshing and I'm sure it will be a nice, nice surprise for some clients. So something that's been really interesting me listening to you speak, Eliana, is that you came from PR, you went into software, you changed your approach and now you've also written a book as well and you do talks you have moved through lots of different areas and not just stuck in one lane of traditional PR how did you personally develop your skill set over those years because you've tried a lot of different things and a lot of them have worked so how do you personally develop yourself yeah so I think I'm just immensely curious I like to learn so one of my key purposes so to say in life is to learn and share the knowledge i'm very thirsty 
for learning new things, trying new things, building an expertise, building, building really a reputation for myself. And just, I'm generally very, very interested. I didn't even study PR, but went into, into working in PR. And that was purely because I was curious. I wanted to learn it. I was interested in it. I was reading. Like, honestly, I think reading books is probably one of the most, most rewarding experiences you could have. And then applying the learning um, that you have there. Probably half of the things that I know, I've learned them through reading books and then going ahead and trying them out. And um, when it came to inbound marketing, it was really interesting because I loved PR in the beginning. I thought it was very interesting. Um, I had a great time. I was learning a ton, especially when you work with different clients. Um, you learn different industries. That was all great. But then at some point, I felt that I pretty much mastered it all. There was nothing else for me to do. I had worked for clients from various industries. I had good, good contacts with the media. I had good contacts with the bloggers. And my my days were the same, unfortunately. That's how I felt. And I was, to be honest, a little bit bored with it. So when HubSpot reached out on LinkedIn and started talking to me about, you know, the company and the email marketing and, and everything, I got, I just got really interested, started digging into it, learning about it, reading about it, joined the company and kept doing the exact same process. And I think what's helped over the years as well is is my blog. I've been running a blog for almost seven years. And I started as an experiment just because I wanted to pretty much read about PR and social media and then go and share my thoughts on those topics with a wider audience on my blog. And the book itself resulted from the, the blog. So I still use my blog to learn to think and to share thoughts. So I guess that nonstop curiosity um, is really what's got me into trying different things. And and these are all things that I'm passionate about. I never do something that I'm not passionate about. So it is passion that drives me. What a lovely and exciting journey you've been on. I can't wait to carry on seeing what you're doing into the future. And just on your final question from me, you said that reading books has been so important to your own development. Do you have a standout book that has really helped you that you love? Um, there are a couple of books. So I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek. Start with Why has been a great book, very quick book. But I think that that's something that anyone needs as a leader, someone who works in business or whatsoever. And then the other books that have helped me a lot, apart from, you know, general, I'm, I'm a big fan of Brian Solis. So I love his book. I'm a big fan of David Marmus Scott. I love his books as well, especially the new rules of marketing and PR. One of the first books that I read, Stephen Waddington, a fantastic guy as well. But I think the ones that come to mind are um, the books that are more personal developments. For example, Emotional Intelligence 2.0. That's helped me a lot in terms of reflecting on my own personality, how I build relationships with others, how I communicate with others for certain topics, how I react to certain things, how I control or not control my emotions. In general, how do I manage stakeholders um, so that's probably the book that comes to mind the most that's helped me in my career. And it's funny because it's not necessarily PR or marketing or business driven or anything like that. It is really more about you as a person and how you interact with everyone else around you in various situations. And that will apply to absolutely everything in life. What great advice. 100% yes. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I've learned a lot and it feels really accessible from a topic that could potentially feel quite alien to some people in public relations. I feel like that you've really helped us break it down and given us those first starter points. So thank you very much. 
Thank you very much for the invitation. This was a great opportunity. I had a great time chatting with you. See you soon. Talk soon. Bye. Take care. This is the PR Resolution Podcast. Keep in touch by following me on Twitter at Stella Bales. For more reading on PR, head to blog.coveragebook.com. Don't forget to tune in to the next episode and make sure you subscribe to the series on iTunes now. See you there.